ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. with Paul Swan. Welcome and it is the Wednesday, June 6th edition. Your drive starts now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also streaming online at WRVC.com. We've got a fun show today. David Kahn's going to be joining me, the voice of the West Virginia Power. We're going to get a caught up with him. Also, Hurricane Baseball coach going to join us. We're going to talk about his team's championship over the weekend and in Class AAA Baseball in the state of West Virginia. And, of course, your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Big night, Game 3 tonight between the Warriors and the Cavs. And good news for Golden State because uh, Warriors head coach Steve Kerr said that there's a good chance that, um, guess what, they're going to have a little bit more talent on the roster available to do. Andre Iguodala might be playing tonight. He's missed the last six games with a bone bruise, and we'll find out tonight if he's going to be playing. Looks like he will be. 9 o'clock tonight. We're going to go on the air at 8.30 over on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 13.40. Now, I've been kind of following what's been happening with the NBA and John Beeline, and it looks like John Beeline wisely – listen to some other offers other than what's with Michigan's uh, plans. And he announced today on Twitter, of course, it's where everyone goes these days, that he's going to coach at Michigan next season and in the years to come is what the quote was. He had discussions with the NBA's Detroit Pistons about their vacant head coaching job. Unfortunately for them, they get a look elsewhere. John Beeline probably – Use that as a great negotiation tool with Michigan. He's brought a lot to the Wolverines, brought Michigan back to a a nice place in the college basketball ranks. And so he's going to be sticking around with Michigan for the foreseeable future. So probably a good deal on his part. He's probably going to get paid a lot of money. Speaking of getting paid a lot of money, Forbes list is out. Highest paid athletes, top 10. I'm going to go bottom top. We all know who number one is, but just in case, a little suspense there. Matthew Stafford coming in at number 10. He's making $59.5 million. Matt Ryan came in at nine with $67.3 million. Steph Curry, he's at eight with $76.9 million, and I'm sure that'll go up sometime. Roger Federer representing the, the tennis court. 77.2 million. And then you've got the king himself, LeBron James. Pretty spread out between what he's getting paid to play basketball and endorsements and other things. He is earning 85.5 million, so he's not hurting for money. Looking at the top, though, if you're you're trying to figure out where the money is, and let me tell you where the money is. The money is in soccer, and the money is in boxing, at least if you are Floyd Mayweather Jr. and you're Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor came in at $99 million. And, of course, a lot of that was help with his fight with Floyd Mayweather Jr., 
who clocked in at 285 million. Most of that is fight money. Endorsements, not that much. Doesn't get that much endorsement money. His money comes from actually putting it on in the ring and making money that way. And that kind of work. Um, in the soccer world, uh, Messi made $111 million and Ronaldo made $108 million. So your, your big heavyweight hitters are coming from soccer, the fight game, and then you see some basketball thrown in there. Now, LeBron, of course, is going to get paid more than most in the NBA. Steph Curry is going to be that way as well. It's easier to pay these guys the bigger salaries because there's not that many on the court. You're not going to see the major salaries in the NFL. It's just not going to happen because, well, there's a lot more you got to work with there. You've got more players, more people on the field, and you can't spend all your money on one guy. You can max someone out in the NBA and then get a few guys, a utility player or two, some some mid-level contracts. Uh, baseball, you're going to see some good salaries there. You're not going to see it at the level of, um, say, Floyd Mayweather, but you're going to see some good salaries there. It's interesting. Floyd Mayweather Jr. just goes out, pay-per-view numbers. They don't call him money for nothing. And he goes out, makes money. Conor McGregor, I'd be interested to see if Conor is going to be in that uh, high bracket uh, next year, the year after. He's pretty much the only name in the UFC fight game right now that has any weight. And, of course, the soccer guys are going to make money. Soccer, they make stupid money. And there is a strong appetite for the game of soccer everywhere except for the majority of the United States of America. Of course, some would argue that. That's a changing dynamic. Uh, the talk has died down now that uh, FC Cincinnati's got their team. I know leading up to that, there was a lot of chatter, a lot of talk about FC Cincinnati getting an MLS team. That's kind of died down a little bit. Now they actually have the award because there's not much left you can talk about. But there's been a lot of chatter about that, and of course. Now you're bringing Major League Soccer to Cincinnati. That's going to be another option for a lot of fans who want to go see professional soccer. And I'm sure it's going to be good for the soccer game. Uh, I don't know if necessarily regionally, locally. um, In Ohio, it's probably going to help at least southern Ohio, parts of Kentucky. And it's an easy drive for a lot of people who want to go see. So I don't know how that's going to help. But you're not going to see MLS guys up there. You're going to see the the Messis and Ronaldos of the world because they're not playing in the United States. So you're going to see a lot of those guys on this list. But LeBron James, looking at uh, $85.5 million, pretty balanced. Again, a lot of his promotion because, well, it's honest, he's a good spokesman. He's got a lot of deals. If you're going to have someone represent your product and you're looking for a professional athlete – I think you can not do much better than LeBron James, Steph Curry. These guys really represent their product. You don't hear anything about LeBron James that would make you cringe, like, oh, man, we shouldn't have signed that deal with him. He handles his business. Now, he is politically outspoken, but I think that's part of his appeal as well, that he will actually speak on causes 
and he will tell you what he's thinking, speak his mind, but I don't think at the same time that he's been disrespectful. He's not. He's not been disrespectful at all. He's just been honest about that. And, of course, I think that shows in his earning potential. I wonder if I took a, f- a fight with Floyd Mayweather Jr. If I could get some multi-millions of dollars, I'd take that flight. You would, too. I would take that fight. We're going to come back and get started with David Kahn, voice of the West Virginia Power. Also, we're going to talk to Hurricane baseball coach Mike Sutphin, talk about his championship team. Take your phone calls later on. It's The Drive. It's ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's now time to talk West Virginia Power Baseball. And to do so, we welcome the voice of the West Virginia Power, David Kahn. And, David, it's been a a rough week for the Power. Uh, Still some hope to make it competitive towards the end. But right now, uh, things have kind of not been going the Power's way for the most part on the road and home as well. Yeah, it's been a tough stretch. You've lost. Uh, 12 of your last 17 games and you know every team hits a stretch like this throughout the season it's just a rough time to hit it for the West Virginia Power and you look at it and it's not really one thing you can kind of blame upon it's you know sometimes the bullpen can't hold a lead sometimes the starter just doesn't look good sometimes the offense just can't get it going and and you really just kind of look at it from all different avenues and say well you know one thing happens you correct that the next night and then it seems like something something else just doesn't seem to go right. So you, you just you look at the games like last night's finale in the doubleheader where the team puts it all together. Ike Slayball throws five shutouts, the bullpen is solid, and you get ten runs on eleven hits. And you like that's the team that you know that this power team has been the first month and a half of the season, and the last couple of weeks or so it's just kind of been a little bit off. Now things aren't that dire. You're only six and a half out, but Canapolis has been really good. Lakewood's been solid as well, and they're two back. So it's not as if the power is playing bad baseball. It's just been a really bad stretch as of late. And Canapolis doesn't seem to like to lose. They're they're really very good as far as keeping that lead. They are, and you know they have lost three in a row. But you you kind of look at it and go, well. We're six back with 15 to go. Obviously, hopes are not as great as they once were, but you have the opportunity if Canapolis goes on a little bit of a, of a dead stretch like the power had been of late, you have the opportunity to kind of maybe sneak in there and make it competitive. Obviously, you got Lakewood surging as well with Delmarva, so there's not just Canapolis to deal with now. You've also got Lakewood as a game and a half back, Delmarva four and a half back. And the Power do only play one of those teams, and they played Delmarva. So those games against Delmarva, we said they're going to matter, and they might matter a lot more than we think they might uh, this time next week. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. So if you could put your finger on just one or two things that have really been plaguing the Power that just for some reason can't get fixed, what would those things be? I don't know if there's anything that can't get fixed. I think one of the things is just inconsistency. You know, you see the team come out and you they they have a four run or a three run lead in game one yesterday, and then all of a sudden Max Cranick just goes from you know being unhittable to getting batted around in the fifth and the sixth inning, and all of a sudden we lose seven to four. And then in game two you come out six, you're like ten runs in the first four innings, the game's over, and Ike Slaybaugh throws a gem. So you kind of just look at it from both sides and say, well. You know, you don't want to blame any one particular thing, one particular person, because there really isn't one particular person to blame. This, this team is very good at being team-centric and 
you know, taking everything as we're, we win as a team, we lose as a team. And, you know, you kind of just sit back and, and look at it and go, well, we didn't get it done tonight. What are we going to do differently to get it done tomorrow night? So I don't really think there's one specific thing that you can pin the, the recent woes on. Uh, if you want to look at one stat that I've looked on and touched upon a couple of times in our notes, uh, the home runs have been an issue for West Virginia. Uh, Max Crane gave up two more last night, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, and the power have given up were one of the most homer-heavy given-up teams in the pitching staff this year, in the South Atlantic League. So that's certainly been a little bit of an issue. But, you know, you also look at the fact that these guys haven't played this long of a season before. Most of them haven't. So most of them aren't used to playing more than 40 games or 50 games, whether that's in college or in high school or in the first season of the pros in rookie ball. So you also take that into effect. They're getting a little tired, a little fatigued. David Cohen, our guest from the West Virginia Power. So the goal still here is to win as many games as possible because the second half of the season is still in front of you. And also the great thing about being in the league is that if you have a great season, second half, and you don't win the top of your division, and you had a solid showing in that first half, and you didn't win the top of your division, and the same team wins at both halves, you still have an opportunity there. So, uh, really, there's plenty of reasons still to be playing your best baseball or at least be going out there and trying to win every game you can. Yeah, and, and you know, of course the minor league is all about guys getting bumped up and, and moving on. But these guys certainly are, are, are looking at the standings and saying, all right, what do we need to do to get into the playoffs? We want to get back to the playoffs. We want to compete. We know this team is good enough to compete for a South Atlantic League championship. And, you know, guys like Evan Pachota were competing for us there. He got the bump up to Bradenton today. So big move there for him. Uh, big congratulations. Well-deserved for Evan Pachota. And uh, this team is changing a little bit. Blake Wyman got bumped up last week. The bullpen certainly was getting a bit of a new look feel to it. But you you look at this team, and there's still the core of this team is still there and willing to fight and grind and just, you know, dole it out game by game as they try and work their way back into contention. Now, as the Pirates continue to uh, play baseball and the Power continue to play baseball, we're over now the the baseball draft, sort of the lifeblood for all of these franchises, both major and minor. And if you would, I don't think uh, a lot of people understand who maybe are just casual baseball fans. Okay, draft day, kid gets drafted. What's next and where do the Power organization, where does that work into this? Because... You see these kids, and you're thinking, oh, hey, these kids are coming to Charleston, right? <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes yes. Sometimes the answer is, is yeah, they'll, they'll be here. Sometimes the answer is no. And you really you don't know, um, unfortunately. Uh, some of these, Most of these kids, actually, at least the ones in college, are some of them are still actually in their collegiate season. Uh, they're playing for a, a college World Series title. So, so they're focused on that right now, and then they will focus on – going to Arizona or Florida, working out, and then seeing where they're going to fall. But for the most part, these, these kids are now, you know, in negotiations, looking at contracts. And, and for some of the later round kids, they're also making the decision of, you know, if they're in college, do I want to stay another year in college or do I want to take the money that the, that the team is offering me? Or do I want to education for those in high school saying, do I want to go to college versus get drafted out of high school? So there's a lot of decisions going on, and it's a lot to place on some of these 18 and 19 year old kids and some of these kids on the power 
experienced that last year. I mean, Travis McGregor was a second-round pick a year ago, so he's experienced it. Uh, you have guys like Cal Mitchell, who was an early-round pick. He experienced it as well. And, uh, you know, they, 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 it's a tough, tough decision for uh, people as young as, as some of these kids have to make. But it's also an exciting time for them. I mean, they have a chance to go play professional baseball, and it's certainly hard to pass up an opportunity like that. But you, you look at the, basically the quality of the, the talent and the quality of the, the opportunity that the team is offering you, and then you kind of make a decision from there. For those that have decided to go play baseball, really from here, it's, all right, where am I going? Let's pack up my stuff, and let's, let's go get ready to start this new adventure. Um, and then they'll usually they'll be located to the team's spring training facility, just kind of work, do a workout, see where the team likes them, where the team wants them to land. And then from there, they'll get assigned to an affiliate. Usually they get assigned to a rookie level affiliate. There are, have been cases where some players get assigned to low A or, or high, even high A right out of the bat. And that just depends on the talent level and where, where the team thinks that they fit in the best. So uh, from our standpoint, we don't really know where some of the top draft picks are going to be. We certainly think some of them might end up here in Charleston at some point in the year, but we just don't know when that will be, and we won't really know until a bit later on. It's always fun, though, just to speculate, okay, well, I get to see that kid come through Charleston. Is he going to bypass Charleston? Is he going to work his way to Charleston? Uh, you know you're really something if you're bypassing Charleston and moving up the ladder, but usually uh, it's it's always fun just to speculate. Now. We're getting close to the end of the first half, and that means all-star. And, of course, there is West Virginia power representation. And you got a couple of guys in there, and I'm not surprised Calvin Mitchell is there. Uh, Deion Stafford also going to represent the West Virginia power. If you would, talk about the all-star game coming up and those two young men and why they deserve to be there. Well, both of them are entirely deserving. I actually think there were a couple more guys in the Powers team that were deserving that I don't want to say got snubbed because the, the division, the, our division's all-star team is absolutely stacked. And, uh, you know, everyone who got an all-star nod is absolutely deserving to do so. There's just not enough spots for everyone that is deserving of the all-star nod. Um, but, you know, we'll start at the all-star game June 19th in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, first National Bank Field, a very nice ballpark, going to be a great event. I know Cal and Dion are both very excited to head on down there and, and show off in front of the South Atlantic League faithful. Um, so, you know, huge congrats to both of them. Uh, as you said, Cal Mitchell having an incredible season. No surprise that he is an all-star. Um, first all-star nod for him, so he's certainly going to soak in the entire experience. You know, very, very deserving guy, very nice guy, very, very calm and collected at the plate. He's really started to find his swing well. Um, you know, it's, it's just been great to see Mitchell – after a really strong April, he kind of tapered off at the beginning of May, but then he all of a sudden just tweaked some things, and he's back to the same old Cal Mitchell. So, you know, an all-star nod was seemed to be very much in the cards for him. For Deion Stafford, it's great to see he gets his second consecutive all-star nod, first catcher for the power to earn an all-star nod since 2014. Reese McGuire uh, was the catcher that last went to the all-star game for the power. Um, but Dion, again, one of those guys that you just really, really pull for, an incredible leader behind the plate, respected by the entire pitching staff, uh, really knows how to hit the ball well. Defensively, he's gotten a lot better. His arm has gotten a lot better behind the plate, throwing runners out. And, you know, he's worked really, really hard. And, and to get an all-star nod is just a, a sign of all that coming to fruition. Now, usually um, you don't expect things to just – heat right back up for these guys getting their all-star break and then coming back and then all of a sudden they're going to be playing amazingly but still it's pretty nice and it's a great morale booster for these guys so what kind of if any halo effect are you going to see 
when these guys get back after that experience? Or what do you usually see when a guy gets an all-star appearance, goes out, and then maybe has a good game, comes back, and you hope that maybe that's going to translate into more success in the second half? Yeah, you certainly hope that it does. And it really depends on the player. Some people just don't just like having no days off. I mean, that's, that's the long and short of it. They, they like just continuing to play because for them a day off is going to hurt them. So uh, in terms of the fact that they just they like to keep playing. Now, of course, having a day off here and there is nice to rest, but a three days off can, can sometimes, uh, you know, affect some people. So for some of these players, you know, getting to play in the All-Star game is, is, a, is a great honor, of course, and everyone wants to get the chance to play in the All-Star game, but some of these guys also really enjoy the day off, and, and it really varies on the type of player, but um, you know, for most people, after the three days off, they come back rested, recharged, and, and ready to go for another 70 games in the second half. And, uh, for, I mean, for most of them, it's, uh, it's a nice break. They, they really enjoy it. They take advantage of it, and they, they get their minds right on the final day and then come back and are, are ready to go once again. And, of course, that means David Kahn gets his three days off as well, right? No work, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I uh, I do get a couple of days off. It is uh, it is of course nice to have. Um, I, of course, you know, not calling baseball for three days will be weird, but uh, I'll find a way to manage. David Cohn's our guest from the West Virginia Power, and of course, baseball action happening at Appalachian Power Park now. Um, Lexington, you know, I don't like Lexington. I know. Yeah. I, I knew this was coming. Lexington. Well, let's just talk about it. Uh, okay. What's going to have to happen here? I mean, we're talking pets in the park. If you can't win on pets in the park day, I mean, you just right. You have to. It's. Sort I, of, I thought you were going to say if you can't win on Thursday, Thursday tomorrow, there's a problem. Well, no. I mean, I'm I'm looking at pets in the park day, man. I I, I know, but I thought you were going to go to Thursday, Thursday. I know that's your favorite day. It's everybody's favorite day, is it not? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no. Look, look. The the long and short of it is. Yes, uh, the the goal is to win every game from here on out. I mean that that that's the that's the mainstay goal for everyone on this team. Uh, they know that their backs are against the wall in terms of a first half playoff spot. And, and look, they're gonna they're gonna fight it out tooth and nail to the to the very very end of the first half. They they want this playoff berth. They know they can get it, and they're they're gonna they're gonna work they're gonna work really really hard, and uh, and see what they can do. I mean, it is Lexington. The rivalry is alive as well. And, you know, we'll just have to see the way the cookie crumbles. I'm I'm as hopeful as you that that we you know go on a little streak and and make things interesting the last couple of weeks of the first half. But we'll just have to wait and see. So what's coming up promotion wise? Of course, I think we hit the the two big ones, uh, Petten Park, and of course uh, you've got Thirsty Thursday. Tell me a little bit more about this uh, rail passenger disembarkment that's on the front page of the website right now. Uh, you've got a, a a rail correspondent visiting Appalachian Power Park. Yeah, so it's actually a very interesting uh, promotion that we've got going on. Uh, so the Summer by Rail program uh, basically picks a correspondent or a college intern, Jacob Wallace is the intern this year, and every year they, they send him uh, through just by traveling by train, by Amtrak, uh, to go to different cities and kind of explore the infrastructure of the different cities, and each year they wrap it into a theme. This year they're wrapping it into minor league baseball, and we're lucky that Jacob selected Charleston as one of his 19 baseball stadiums to come to. So he's gonna he's getting into town tonight, uh, going to explore the city a little bit, going to be meeting with postman Rod Blackstone and the mayor uh, tomorrow morning, Mayor Jones. Um, so we were excited that he's be able to set that up. And then he'll be coming to the ballpark tomorrow to kind of look at some of the new and exciting things we've installed at the ballpark over the last few years. 
talk to some of our front office members, and then he'll stick around for the game. He'll be shooting lots of videos and, and taking lots of pictures, interacting with me on the radio broadcast. He'll be enjoying himself, uh, some of our specialty food options, and we're, we're excited to have him out there. It's going to be a great opportunity. We're excited that we got to partner with, with Minor League Baseball and the Rail Passengers Association, and uh, Jacob is a, a wonderful young man, and we're excited to have him out here. Plus, he picked, of course, Thirsty Thursday to show up. I mean, look, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. I mean, come on. It's legendary. You know it is. I, I, you're not wrong, Paul. You, you're not wrong at all. David Kahn joining us on the program. It is uh, Power Baseball. You can find out more by heading to the website, wvpower.com. And, of course, uh, lots of good things happening. And let's hope that uh, we're talking about a, uh, a nice run towards the end of the first half. The good news is, no matter what, the second half will start soon, and uh, everybody will be uh, back to zero and zero, no matter what happens. That's right. And, uh, you know, of course, if the first half isn't in the cards, second half, here we come. David Kahn, West Virginia Power. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Paul. Sounds good. We've got more on the way. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Eight seven seven four two zero talk the number to be a part of the program. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And don't forget, if you ever miss any part of the show, you just want to go back and catch it. All you have to do is listen to the program on Apple Podcasts. We podcast every night. We're also on Stitcher Radio. You can listen to us on TuneIn. Of course, that's a great way to listen to us live on your phone or your streaming device if you can't listen to us on the radio. And you can always find the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on the Anchor app, so you can listen to us there. And if you do like the show, definitely let us know. Leave us a review especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, five stars. Make sure it's a five-star review. That's what I'm asking everyone to do for me. And, of course, you can also go to our website. You can do it the old-fashioned way. All you have to do is go to wrvc.com. Let's turn our attention now to high school. And over the weekend, the third title for the Hurricane Redskins uh, became a reality as Hurricane one against Wheeling Park, 11-5 to at Appalachian Power Park in Charleston. And joining us on the program now, Hurricane Baseball coach Brian Sutphin. And, Coach, congratulations. Uh, it's got to be a great thrill, especially with all that weather problems that were happening over the weekend, to finally get it all done and be the champion. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was a great ride. Uh, those, those kids were, were a lot of fun to be around. Every day, things light during that, uh, those rain delays, and and uh, yeah, it was just it was just fun to be a part of. It was, it was a special group of uh, ten seniors, no doubt. Did you have any feeling that this would be the year with this group of kids you had coming back that uh, this would be the best run you would have in a while to win that championship? Well, we knew we knew we had uh, you know certain, certainly had enough talent. I mean, the year before we. You know, made a run and got to the state title game, and and, and certainly fell short, short of their goal. You know, lost in the state championship game, and and so that kind of um, 
you know, set in their crawl a little bit, and I, I'm sure they wanted another crack at it from day one. Um, you know, that was kind of their ultimate goal, but you never you never know if if they're going to um, and get that opportunity. And then you know, we had to kind of rally during the uh, sectional tournament and and regionals and and really persevere. And then we get to the state tournament. Obviously, we we did not play well on Thursday night, the semifinal game. But, you know, certainly found a way to win. And I think through that adversity, they could kind of lean on that they kind of been there and done that before. You know, so uh, today it was a tough group, a very unselfish group, and, and certainly a whole lot of fun to be around. Why do you think you've been fortunate to have such talent over the last few years? That You had amazing depth on this team. Was this just that special of a group and they really decided – they were going to put the work in for you. Yeah, I, you know, every every year is different. Um, certainly, there's a little bit of uh, tradition um, here where I think that the, the the kids want to uphold a higher standard and and push each other to be the best they can be. And uh, you know, this this particular group was a really tight knit. Uh, team-oriented, you know, special bond-type group. And, and I think that that was, the, uh, you know, that'll be their mark. I mean, whether or not they won the state championship game or, or wh- whatever, I mean, I, I know that they would have saw that as a failure if they wouldn't have, you know, got their ultimate goal. But their their mark is their, their uh, unselfishness and the kids that maybe didn't, you know, what weren't getting to play as much as the as the others um, cared just as much, if not more, than the ones that were out there, and that that is really what made it uh, made that group, you know, such a successful group. And and obviously, I think that's what pulled, you know pushed them over the edge in the state tournament. What kind of legacy do you think they leave behind for the kids you've got coming back? I know you just won the championship, and I'm already talking about next year. <laughs> well, I, I think just being a great teammate to one another and learning how to uh, bide your time. A lot of those kids didn't get to play when they were younger in their career, and um, certainly were good enough players to do so. Uh, but you know they, you know they they kept battling and, and getting better and and really. You know, in the off season, going to the weight room and those types of things. But this particular group was a well-rounded group. I mean, we've got a senior going to the Air Force, one going to the Naval Academy, one going to West Point. You know, we've got seven seven players going to play in college. You know, they they were a very driven group, and I think they fed off each other. You know, as far as their uh, uh, their work ethic and and those type of things. And, and that, it was, it's just a special group. That doesn't happen every day. Hurricane baseball coach Brian Supton joining us on the program, his squad winning the Class AAA championship. What's going on, Hurricane? Not only do you have baseball now coming home with hardware, you've got softball, track and field. Everybody seems to be winning trophies these days. And, Hurricane, what are you guys doing up there that everybody else isn't? <laughs> well, right, right now they've – the student body is, is uh, certainly supportive of one another. And, um, you know, I think that the, the sports side of it 
they, they certainly, you know, I've, I've taught at four different high schools, and this is the the, the, the hardest working, um, you know, school as far as the work ethic, whatever sports they're playing. And um, it, it's, uh, it's been fun to watch. I mean, the, the soccer team won it in the fall, and then we've had three, three spring, you know, state championships. So that certainly doesn't come around every day. It's really fun. Uh, winning is always fun, but it's especially fun when it, it feels like everyone's together and uh, it does feel like Hurricane has this great sense of community about them. So uh, you, you're very blessed there. So what's next now? Uh, you've got to, um, of course, get ready for next season and uh, you finally get some time off, right, just to enjoy this a little bit before uh, you have to go back at it? <laughs> well, today was a great day for, for our baseball group. Uh, Trey Dawson um, was drafted in the 15th round by uh, the Houston Astros. And Trey, Trey uh, uh, graduated for, uh, with us in 2015, and uh, he was the shortstop at University of Kentucky, but he was drafted today. So today's a really special day for, for him and his family. And then um, and then um, but yeah, we're we're already, like you said, looking forward to 2019. I know a lot of these guys that put forth the time and effort. You know, you know, guys don't know their names yet, but they certainly are uh, chomping at the bit for the opportunity. Well, coach, we wanted to have you on to say congratulations. Talk to you for a minute because uh, it was a, a fun run. It was, uh, I'm sure, painful at times just because of the weather situation. But I know you wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. Yeah, it was uh yeah, it was it was really enjoyable run and it's 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 unique once you once you do that, um it, it certainly you want to do it again and again. <laughs> but uh it was uh it, it was truly a blessing for all of us. It was a lot of fun. I'm gonna Thank throw you. I'm gonna throw it out there now. I'm I'm thinking dynasty. I'm just gonna throw that out there and, and the pressure's on now. Well I like I like the way you're thinking, but there's 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 a lot of lot of good, you know, baseball, um, you know, gotten better all across the state year after year, and I think it's just kids play more, the facilities are better, and those type of things. But, but uh, I know that you know, they 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 hold themselves a high standard. I will I would be surprised if we come back and 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 certainly uh, compete every opportunity we get and give us give ourselves a chance. So that's all you can ask. Hurricane baseball coach Brian Suffin joining us on the program. Coach, congratulations. Thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time, and uh, let's go Redskins next year, right? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Coach. We're going to take our final time out. We'll open up the phone lines for you at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget you can follow the show on Facebook. All you have to do is find The Drive with Paul Swan and then like us. And we'll post podcasts there, give you guest updates, things that interest me that we might be having on the show. And, of course, you can interact with me there. All you have to do is go to Facebook. I like the drive with Paul Swan. Also, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Paul Swan, and uh, we sometimes put polls, 
questions, anything like that, uh, you can find there on Twitter. So if you would, give us a follow. And, of course, always the podcast as well. So appreciate you following us on social media. Close to the end of the show, don't forget we've got Cavaliers basketball coming up tonight. The Cavs uh, taking on Golden State. This is going to be a tell-all game. I know some are saying that the Cavs are at least going to get one, but right now the only thing that's happened in this series is that Golden State has held serve at home. If the Cavaliers can hold serve at home and then crack the code on them and get one on the road, all of a sudden this is a series again. Of course, it begins tonight. We'll have that for you starting at 8.30. You can listen in on our sister station. It's Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340, as we'll have Pirates baseball coming up later on this evening here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And then tomorrow, we have got a possible elimination happening in the Stanley Cup Finals. Golden State and the Cavaliers might be the uh, the series that's a sweep right now, but I still think in the NHL that Vegas is going to fight back. I hope I'm right. We're going to find out tomorrow, and we're going to have that game for you as well. And you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I think Golden State and the Cavaliers might end up in a sweep after what happens uh, tonight, if that's any indicator. But I'm telling you, on the hockey side, I think Vegas comes back. I'm not saying they're going to win it now. That's going to be too much of a, a, a uphill battle for them. But I think Vegas comes back and at least makes it a series. If not, though, we're going to see Alex Ovechkin with the Stanley Cup. I'm okay with that to a degree because I think Alex Ovechkin, I think Ovechkin is a really good player that gets a lot of grief for not having a Stanley Cup or the fact that he's just had struggles in the playoffs because, well, the Pittsburgh Penguins have been there as a roadblock. TJ Oshie, I like that kid too. We're talking about the hero of the uh, Olympics a few years ago. We're talking about the man who single-handedly beat the Russians in the shootout. You gotta love that guy. I don't care if you hate the Capitals or not. You gotta love TJ Oshie. He's an American hero. Hey, Olympic hockey, Olympic sports, again, I'm all about it. You beat the Russians in hockey, you are uh, in my personal Hall of Fame as far as hockey heroes and sports heroes are concerned. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for listening. Back tomorrow, stronger than ever, here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.